Humor is a tool just like anything else. So it's not something that is dominant. We're not going to necessarily, you know, lead with it unless it's appropriate. But it is, you know, first you want to land your message. You want to focus on your audience. You want to be able to articulate your objectives. And then you want to use humor to engage your audience. So it's like the tail. It doesn't wag the dog, but it makes the dog happy. Welcome to No More Bad Events, a fun and insightful podcast for professional event organizers and for anyone at any level interested in producing nothing but the best events. Each week, we'll talk with legendary event professionals to get an inside look into what they think makes a great event. And in the process, we'll draw out insider secrets, non-traditional approaches, and compelling stories from the most captivating personalities in the business. We'll definitely get the skinny on reaching that one big goal. No more bad events. I'm your host, Scott Bloom, comedian, event MC, and now your podcast host. Let's get started. No More Bad Events is produced and presented by eSpeakers, the most trusted, easy-to-use, full-service online platform for finding, connecting with, and hiring the best keynote speakers, hosts, and presenters in the world. With the deepest catalog of professionals available through the eSpeakers marketplace, you can be assured that the speaker you book will be the absolute best speaker based on your goals, bar none. eSpeakers, the number one way to find your next perfect speaker. For more information, go to eSpeakers.com. Hey folks, thanks for stopping by. We have another great show for you today. You know, in the last year, we talked a lot about current event marketing trends that ensure success and seem to be all the rage. But somehow, we haven't yet touched upon the topic of laughter. And given I'm a comedic host and keynote speaker, that seems kind of funny to me. So let's do it. Let's talk about the benefits of infusing laughter and lightness into a meeting. And no better person to do this with than my guest today, Melinda Buckley. Melinda is an executive coach and creative director extraordinaire, and she's also a great friend and colleague. I absolutely adore her, and I'm pretty sure you will too. You'll see. In this episode, Melinda engages us and makes great fun out of talking about the importance of laughter and how it lowers inhibitions and how it connects and opens up audiences, especially important now when a sense of belonging and shared experiences are crucial. We also discuss common misconceptions and obstacles faced when incorporating humor into business events. We talk persona, on being human, and on the perfection of imperfection. Melinda offers valuable tips for those looking to add a touch of humor to their presentations. She herself is engaging, funny, and light, not to mention she tells a hell of a good story. So sit back, relax, and get ready to discover the impact of humor, laughter, and lightness in creating unforgettable events with my good friend, Melinda Buckley. So, you know, we're talking about laughter and that we might be in a laughter drought and how important it is not just to laugh, but what laughter does, which is brings yes. people together, feeling a sense of belonging right. in so many ways. What has your experience been so far, you know, over this last year or two? I feel like it's been this enormous, like, kind of relief. I think people are so glad to be together and so 
happy to have a shared experience. You know, I come from a theatrical background. So, you know, when you're in a theater, it is that one night only, this particular moment with this particular audience. And it's very much the same thing when you're in a corporate environment, right? And of course, the drawback is, you know, in a theater, you get tryouts and you get previews and you get to do the same thing. There's a a great level of excitement because in a way it's a risk, right? People don't know if this is going to land or things like that. And that's why we bring in the pros like yourself and Jeff and Johnny D and, you know, these different people who, who know, who have that experience to make it work. I love what you're saying about the the risk there because it's almost like calculated. It appears as if there's a risk, but we, you know, as professionals, we've done it time and time again. But it is that, I think, that electricity, that excitement of being in a room with someone who's going to make you laugh. And I think it stimulates a lot of things within people. And I think what you're saying is, and you said earlier, you said it's not really just about the pandemic. It's just where we are in our time right now. We need a sense yes. of belonging. We need more shared experiences. Yes. Oh, absolutely. There were so many things by, you know, when I speak to my executive, you know, when I'm coaching, you know, we used to coach a lot for Zoom, you know, and now we're transitioning back into the live experience, you know, but I tell them the same things. There are so many things vying for our attention. We have multiple screens going on. We have 24-7, you know, people have access to us, you know, especially when you get to that level, right? So there's so many things wanting to pull our attention away. So then we get when we do get to focus and have that big laugh together, it's like this huge relief, you know, being in the room. You know, you're talking a little bit about, you know, sort of a valve being released and being able yes. to, you know, things are tough. So these people are coming into a into a, a meeting into a conference, not always looking forward to it. You know, it's a, there are long days, they're packed in there sometime. So something like humor can, you know, a, alleviate or enhance that experience. What do you, you know, we started talking a little bit about it, but what are some common misconceptions about infusing humor into business conferences? What, what obstacles or what pushback do you get normally? I normally get that it's not appropriate, you know, or they might say something wrong. You know, people are so careful. And I think nowadays we have a lot of sensitivities that we have to be aware of. So you do need to be guided by a professional. And I like to think that I've also had a lot of experience both in the comedy world and and in this corporate environment. You know, I want to be sensitive people and I will never push them to do it. I just want to show them the benefits. Let's just look at the benefits of this and how we can bring audience together and with you. And really, it's a tool. Humor is a tool, just like anything else. So it's not something that is dominant. We're not going to necessarily, you know, lead with it unless it's appropriate. But it is, you know, first you want to land your message. You want to focus on your audience. You want to be able to articulate your objectives. And then you want to use humor to engage your audience. So it's like the tail. It doesn't wag the dog. But it makes the dog happy. Yeah. Right. <laughs> or, I mean, <laughs> right. Well, you, so what then, you're doing is you're trying to strike a balance between yes. you know, humor and, and professionalism, especially right. in this corporate environment. But I, I still think it must be tough, as you said, in this time, everyone's very sensitive about what everyone says. Yeah. You must have some clients who are going, hey, we just don't want to take the chance. So how do you either you know push them 
or move them over to, hey, we got this. It will, you know, it'll be safer than you think. Or are those people just done? They did. They don't. They don't want to risk. They don't want to have anything to do with it. Well, two examples. I had one client for multiple years in compliance. Now, I think we all know that compliance is a laugh riot. <laughs> right. It's hilarious. <laughs> hilarious. And not only for the speaker, but, you know, the audience really looks forward to that hour. <laughs> yes. Where they're going to be. <laughs> oh, my, uh, yeah. I mean, that's that's across the board. Everyone can relate to that. Uh, compliance is yeah. always a tough hour. Even the presenters know that. Yes. Yes. So I worked with this woman and she was so worried about it. She's, you know, she said, oh, you know, no one's going to, you know, I don't want to get up there for an hour and be dull and be boring. And so she had a bunch of ideas and God love her because she was, I loved her already because I love executives who were worried about the audience, right? That's exactly where their focus should be. Who my audience? How are they going to feel? How are they going to get my message? So we worked together to sort of fashion a way in. Now, it just so happened the very first year we worked together, she had one of those names, and I can't really repeat it, but it was one of those names that could lend itself to a bunch of different, you know, things. So like like the name book or something, you know, you, right. could, you could use it, you know, so we ended up coming up with these really fun, interactive segments within that hour that allowed her to play off of her name, to do fun, like little musical interludes, and to make her presentation interactive, we brought guests up. We brought, you know, the, the the main CEO up. We brought two people that were working with her and people from different divisions. You know, so the whole hour just went by so quickly and she had so much fun and it was received so well. So this year, I think a different company even got the job, but she called me to come back and help her you know, create her, you know, so every year we we took it to another level. And now I'm not saying that you want to make it like, it doesn't always have to be laugh riot, but you can find a fun narrative, a fun like framework. So the purpose driven was the theme. You know, so we came up with a whole GPS thing for her entire hour. And we made it just really fun because we could do pit stops. We could show people the agenda like you would see on a GPS. You know, and it also, uh, it allowed her to, you know, use fun songs along the way. So is it humor, you know, stand up? No, but it's a way of bringing a lightness and bringing a context. So, you know, you can use metaphors and memes and things like that. Those are easy ways to not only enhance your message, but to sort of put a little lightness in the room. I think, I think that's an excellent point that, you know, when people think of humor, they think of, you know, normally stand up or a comedy film. But it's really adding lightness. It's really moving towards fun. Occasionally, you might get a laugh somewhere, but people are appreciating it because you're right. going in that direction. There's creativity. There's fun. Any tips for people who you know want to add humor to their presentations and they maybe don't consider themselves naturally funny? Is that, I mean, the example you gave is a pretty good example of it. Yeah. Well, I think that then often that's the case. Like people will say, a lot of people come in with, you know, because they don't like public speaking, you know, and God love them. I mean, they have full-time jobs. And then we ask them to come to these presentations and be professionally engaging and all of that. Now, I know they've always, they've had some training, et cetera, but it's like to work very organically with people positively. I always believe that they have the best presentation already inside of them. And we're just going to work on how do we bring that out? So just to go back to your question, we never try to be funny because 
you know this, you can't try to be funny. It has to come out of context. It has to come naturally sort of come out of the situation. Is there an elephant in the room you can address? You know, and of course, we know professionally comedy can't be mean spirited. It can't be at anyone's expense. It has to be something that's common and universal to this audience. You know, so there's there's boundaries. But within that, there's lots of fodder, I believe. And the other thing I would say is that I think we both know stand-ups who are introverted offstage and very funny on stage. Don't judge your onstage persona by how you are here. We can find some very simple ways for you to bring that, as I say, lightness to the room. And we do it very much believe in being authentic, but I do believe in a thing called persona. And my definition of persona is it's an authentic version of you. And you know, stand-ups personify that, well, persona, persona, personify that, you know, because you you can see it, you know, Jerry Seinfeld is the observational comic. Carrot Top is the prop, you, you know, they have established persona. And because of that, they have a certain credibility. So I try to work with executives to find their persona. Now, it's not going to be as wild and pronounced as perhaps, you know, a stand-ups, but they are a particular person when they're on stage. I think that's really interesting. I mean, I'm hearing a couple of things. Persona is a point of view. We kind of get a sense of who that person is. And, you know, as a stand-up, I remember my years doing stand-up. That's what everyone's trying to do is find that point of view, right? Now, when you're working with these executives, have you ever had one of them where they, it's almost they were nervous, but once they got the laughter and they heard it, they got a little bit more bold, a little bit more excited. Hey, what else can you give me? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. There's a lot of people that once they get it, they're like so excited. And, you know, I had one guy and he had to host the whole meeting. He felt so much pressure to be funny, to be on, to be, you know, great. And, you know, and we talked about like, that's not really your job. Your job is to make everyone else feel comfortable. Your job is to open this meeting and to welcome people like you would if they were coming into your home to make them feel relaxed. So anyway, he was very, very self-conscious and things like that. So I do a lot of little tiny tricks. Now, you might know this again, Scott, we have so much in common. I remember when I first tried doing stand-up, I, I took a class and my teacher said, run up on stage. And he said, because that's going to use that nervous energy, you're going to be able to kind of like use it and it's going to come across as confidence. Mm. So I tell people that's, that's a really good way to kind of like land your first moment. If you don't have to run, I mean, if you're a woman in heels, you're not going to run, but take that stage. And that's a winning moment right there. Take that stage, plant yourself and have a great opening line. If you can have a great couple of opening lines and they're memorized and they're boom, that's going to set you off. And as an executive coach, I know you work with a lot of presenters. How do you get people to embody that confidence, that you know, I, I tell people when I'm casually coaching presenters backstage and they're like, hey, can you give me any advice? And I always said, the more you can take the attention off yourself and put it on the audience, the better you'll be. And what are some other tips that you give these executives so that they can be more relaxed? Because it's very hard to be funny if you're thinking, oh, here comes this funny thing I want to say. I hope it lands and all that tension right. and nervousness. You almost, there has to be almost a sense of I'm not relying on the audience to let me know what I'm doing is good. Right. 
Yeah, so much of it is like about nerves and things like that. So I do this exact same thing. I think of it as a triangle. So there's a presenter, your message, and the audience. Of those three things, you are the least important part of that triangle. So it is about the audience getting your message. It is only about that. And if you can think about that audience and, you know, I tell people, do your research. What do they need? What do they need to hear? What don't they need to hear? So you don't have to tell them everything you know, but you need to tailor it to what what do they need to hear right now in this moment? And how are you going to onboard them to your vision of what the world will be if they buy into your objective? I like to use the baseball analogy of a winning batting average is hitting three out of 10. Right. So so go out there and swing, you know, give it your all, commit 100%. And don't worry, because, you know, the reality is, I also really like to stress this, is that we actually connect to each other through our imperfections, not through our perfections. We connect as human beings through our flaws, you know, so... Trying to be perfect is just a recipe for, I don't know, it's a bit futile. You know, I'm practice, polish, do everything. You know, I'm a big believer in in rehearsal and polishing yourself. But ultimately, you're just going to go out there and be you and try to connect with this audience, with this message, and to make a difference. I just interviewed someone recently, a gentleman by the name of Jeremy Dobrish, He's with a. Oh my company. gosh! Do you know Jeremy? Yes, yes. Yeah, I, playwright, director, I, and now senior creative director over at Proscenium. But we were talking yeah. about the documentary "Bathtubs Over Broadway," which I have to feel oh, like yes. you've seen. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that I was in. There was a Cadillac clip, you know, because I started as a dancer in car shows. Oh, are you in it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I think, I think I'm not sure. I know if there's a there's a whole Cadillac. In, yeah. Well, that's how, you know, that's how this sort of corporate theater started was with these book shows, what they call book shows, and they bring yes. in Broadway actors. And I was at a yeah. show recently, Wendy Chapman put together a big ah. theatrical number. They had two really strong Broadway actors on it. And because it hasn't been done for a while, and this was a company that was celebrating 100 years, so it was a musical about 100 years of how this mm-hmm. company evolved, it blew the audience away. And Jeremy and I were talking yeah. about new ways of presenting and, you know, getting the audience engaged. And now there, they're more of a, you know, an audience member, they're watching something, but they're being delighted. They're entertained. It's it's musical. We also talked Mm -hmm. about other ways of getting the people to break that fourth wall a bit more. I mean, obviously those earlier days with the theater was clearly a fourth wall, but now we're in a place where you're, you're saying, and everyone's talking about, we need to have a little bit more of that connection between mm-hmm. the audience and and the people on stage. Any right. other creative formats or creative ideas that you've designed recently where the audience, not just actors in the audience, but the audience is somehow making their way either on stage or the action comes into the audience? Yes. I mean, we've done some things where we've made the audience part of a musical. There are ways to do that. I was working with a client. We were designing sort of a loft-like I'm a big thing. I'm really into storytelling and the power of story. And I also think that we see now with TikTok and, you know, people generate their own content. So it's identifying those people and having them share their story and helping them, you know, know how to craft a good story. So 
I think that that's a really powerful way too. Now, is it necessarily funny? We can always find humor in their stories, but I do think that there's a way for people to share, you know, I've been in your shoes or this is what happened to me. This was, I want to say a success story or, but it doesn't really necessarily have to be that. It could be their experience with a particular product. So I think storytelling is also having a bit of a renaissance. And by the way, I actually did, maybe it was a long time ago, but I did the 100 year anniversary of Kinney shoes. Mm-hmm. And we did a very huge, big with Ray Block Productions. We had the huge lasers where we took people through through time and into the future. Well, I really, you really just fun. made me think of something, you know, that when you were talking about TikTok and people telling stories, you know, it takes a little, little time. But as you said, you have to identify those. There's yes. probably content creators in the audience. Why not? I mean, Absolutely. are we coming up with this idea right here, right now? Or I'm sure he's been doing it. But I, <laughs> I love the idea of of identifying some of these content creators or people casually do things. And yeah. either they video, you know, they film something because that, that's what they've been doing or they're natural. They have the charisma to tell little stories. I love the idea yeah. of finding and I know this has been done, but. Maybe there's a, a new approach, and I'm sure every all the creative directors are figuring out. We've gone through this, you know, TikTok <laughs> memes and dances and songs. But there's an easy way to get humor without, you know, forcing it on it. Just get people who are yeah. good at it. Bring yeah. them on stage. Bring them on yeah. video. Yeah, and let me tell you, salespeople, salespeople have a good sense of humor. You know, that's what they do. They're people, people. You know, they know how to engage people. They know how to use all the tools and their Thing. Sometimes, you know, you have to pull them back a little. <laughs> but yes, I mean, we've done that. I mean, it's so easy, you know, before you have to send out a video crew. Now people just can film themselves on their phone, send it into us. We'll do all the, the bells and whistles with it. I do that a lot, actually, incorporating their things into actual videos. Yeah, there, there was a time, I, I think it stopped a little bit now, but, you know, with reality talent competitions and stuff like that, but there was a lot of that got talent kind of thing. Yes. And I, yes. I talked to someone recently on the podcast about bringing that back. You know, maybe that's the interstitial. Because what we're talking about here is not just comedy per se and not just humor right. per se, but something that's entertaining and, and interactive. And in this, you know, group of 500 people, there's definitely 10%, 5% maybe. That's still 25 people who have some talent. Let's let's showcase yes. that. Let's Let's give yes. them an opportunity. Oh, absolutely. And take advantage of, you know, people like myself or some of the other people that you interviewed who know how to help them, you know, who can help them turn that five minute bit into a two minute bit or, you know, exactly. what I mean? and help make it like really sharp and fun and part of it. But yes, I think getting the audience seeing themselves up there, it's just a great way to go. And again, all we're really after is connection. We want people to feel connected and empowered and all the things that, you know, humor can bring, stress relief, better interpersonal relationships, take the air out of maybe challenging subjects. Do you get a sense when you're talking to your clients that they get this, that things are changing now? You can't do what you were doing five years ago that we need to have. You know, the audience is getting younger, too. You know, we got Gen yeah. Z now in the workforce, millennials, that we have to do something where they feel they have a stake in what's going on on stage? Oh, absolutely. I think people do get it. I think they, I, you know, again, I mean, everybody is different. Every client is different. Every production company is different. Everybody's approach different. But I do think that people get that things are changing. You know, you can't help but see it. 
And nobody wants that death by PowerPoint. And, you know, that kind of meeting, you know, and, and actually, I think that meetings are getting shorter. People are not hopefully staying in that room for, you know, eight hours or whatever, and breaking it up, keeping it moving. That's another way of keeping engagement, making smaller conversations. So I think that's also an aspect of how things are changing. And making things more conversational. I mean, I know with some of the celebrity type speakers, there's a great example of where they're not presenters, but they have great stories to tell. I recently was at an event where Tom Brady, I had seen him three years ago, and then I saw him recently. And he's definitely evolved as a as a speaker. I mean, when I say speaker, he's being interviewed by, you know, either someone like myself or by a right. CEO. And uh, that conversational uh, aspect is another mm-hmm. place where humor and comedy can come a lot more naturally. Oh, absolutely. And if you have a great host like yourself, you know how to make them comfortable. You know how to draw out that, you know, oh, let's do a little more. Let's hear a little more about that. Yeah. Yeah, Well, you know how to find those moments. Yes, definitely. And what I also noticed is, you know, I'm I'm brought into meetings sometimes where they haven't had an MC. They haven't had a funny MC. So I'm there to sort of shift the, the tone and shift the energy. Hey, it's all right to laugh. And what I find always fascinating is you would think it'd be more like, oh, you know, the next presenter going, I don't know if I can follow that, but that's not their job. They're not trying to follow it. No one's expecting to be funny, but the floodgates have been open. They've heard people laughing. They're like, hey, I want a little of that, a little of that laughter there. And I noticed (laughs) presenters getting a little more bold and getting a little bit more comfortable and confident and the audience has been primed. And that's another great way to bring laughter to event have a professional that is helming the event and that sets a tone. It's all right to laugh. Hey, try something presenter. You're going to be more personable. They, they Absolutely. Yes. Yes. It lowers the inhibitions. So people, you know, feel like, oh, okay, we're all just people here. And I think that's like, that's the biggest thing is just connecting people as people, human beings, you know, humanizing. That's a big part of like what I try to do is like, you're just a human being. Don't try to be this like super, super perfect person. Yeah. Don't become, you know, don't become a 20 year veteran keynote speaker in one day. Just be present. That's another big magic word. Toughest thing we all have to do as performers. (laughs) Be present. But, you know, what I'm hearing from you in this conversation, which was really nice to reinforce to myself, is that when we talk about infusing humor into a corporate event, we're not just talking about bringing in stand-up, bringing in comedy. We're, we're trying to bring lightness. And through right. humor and laughter, people have a shared experience. They feel connected. It's yeah. something that we can all you know, relate to. And we, we yeah. definitely need more of that. Yes. And because it does things that you touched on earlier, it really does actually bolster productivity and collaboration. Because it does, it lowers the threat, you know, the inhibitions get lower, the connections get more personal and things like that. It just all makes it easier to work together. I mean, who doesn't want to have fun? If you're going to spend this much time with these people, <laughs> find a way to make it fun. Let's have some fun. And, you know, the interesting thing about the word charisma, it's, I think, a Greek word. I think so. But it has to do with, I don't know if I could break it down, but it's the ability to let your your spirit come through. That's what we want. We, you know, when someone's charismatic, yeah. they just figured out a way to let who they are. And I, I identify you as someone who has tremendous charisma. 
because we know who you are. There's genuine joy that comes out. We don't feel like you're in your head. And that's why I always love working with you. You're a great champion of, of, of what I've done yeah. in the past, which I love. Oh, my God. Yeah. But, and it's funny because you feel funnier or you feel that you can do more when you have someone there that's that's supporting you. So anyone who's listening, I highly recommend working with Melinda in so many different ways. She does it all. <laughs> she's a great creative director, but she's doing a lot more executive coaching. She will get you where you need to be. She's also Absolutely. a great presentation speech coach. She can help you with that. She's a speech writer. She can help you write. She can do it all. And and I just want to add, if you're looking for something to bring Melinda in, she is now also emceeing and hosting events. That's a new endeavor she's doing. Why it took her so long to get here. And the reason I <laughs> built you up with all that charisma is that's what we want to see on stage. Someone who's helming that project or hosting that event. We want to see someone who's comfortable with themselves, making everyone in the audience feel comfortable so that everyone around them can succeed. And you do an excellent job of that. No, oh, Scott. Blushing <laughs> through the headphones. <laughs> well, that's great. That's great. I'm You're so glad we could span. Well, I'm a big fan of yours, and I, and I thank you so much for for joining me here today. Lovely thank conversation. You. I I always learn things on this podcast, and I I love the idea of just sort of reframing what it means to bring humor to an event. Thank you so much for having me, Scott. Such an honor. Thanks, Melinda. Thank That's it for now. I've been your host, Scott Bloom, corporate event MC and comedic keynote speaker. And of course, your connoisseur of connections. Oh, by the way, if you're interested, you can book me for your next event on eSpeakers Marketplace at eSpeakers.com forward slash marketplace. And if you like what you heard, subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. If you loved what you heard, drop us a review and don't forget to share with your friends. No More Bad Events is produced and presented by eSpeakers. Thanks so much for listening. Now go out and make your event a great one.